Inside Outside Innovation is the podcast that brings you the best and the brightest in the world of startups and innovation. I'm your host, Brian Ardinger, founder of InsideOutside.io, a provider of research, events, and consulting services that help innovators and entrepreneurs build better products, launch new ideas, and compete in a world of change and disruption. Each week, we'll give you a front row seat to the latest thinking, tools, tactics, and trends in collaborative innovation. Let's get started. We are on the road this week in Savannah, Georgia. With me today is Jen Bonet. Hey, Jen, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Thanks. It's so good to catch up. It's been, I don't know how many years. Last time you saw me, I was in Atlanta. Now I'm here in Savannah and you know, doing the same old thing, innovation ecosystem building. I am Vice President of Innovation and Entrepreneurship for the Savannah Economic Development Authority, and I am Executive Director of the Creative Coast, which is a community-driven organization that runs a co-work space that's focused on catalyzing a tech startup community. Like you said, we met a long time ago in our early startup ecosystem building days. Talk a little bit about going from a a major metropolitan area and building a startup ecosystem there to now a smaller community, but yet there's different assets in that around. Sure. So, you know, obviously I started this journey probably 14-ish years ago. In Atlanta, I'm the founder of Startup Chicks, so I originally got involved in the startup community in Atlanta specifically because there were no women doing tech startups, and I didn't understand why. And that's how I got involved. I went on to lead ATDC, the Advanced Technology Development Center, the state of Georgia's technology incubator housed at Georgia Tech, or one of the top 12 technology incubators changing the world, according to Forbes magazine. You know, I was one of the early ecosystem builders in Atlanta, so I do remember some of the pain in Atlanta of going, it wasn't building an ecosystem from scratch, it was going from a closed environment to an open environment, right? There was interesting things going on in Atlanta, nobody was talking about them, there was no hypopotamus to tell the story, the angels Every event was closed door meetings. Nobody knew who the angels were. If you had done a startup and you had found an angel, you could get back in. But if you were brand new to a startup world, you had no idea. And so that was more of a opening of the community. And I do remember it being challenging at times. It's come such a long way. I would probably rank Atlanta one of the top 10 ecosystems in the country today, if not top five. Very supportive, lots of different organizations supporting different types of entrepreneurs at different stages and in different industries. I left 13 months ago in some ways because I kind of felt like I was done there. My work was done. And I had this interesting challenge put in front of me here in Savannah, Georgia. And in Savannah, and particularly my family's in the region, so I've watched kind of from afar and visited for over a decade and always wondered, why not Savannah? It's the same MSA size as Boulder, Colorado. It has uh, tremendous assets at the university system. Between Georgia Southern University and Savannah State and SCAD, we have more students in Savannah, Georgia, than are in Boulder, Colorado. So Boulder, Colorado has about 50,000 students at any given time. We have 60,000 students. And, and I mentioned SCAD. SCAD is very key to my story. They are digital natives. They are design thinkers. They are taught to solve problems. These kids are amazing. And there's 12,000 of them here. Why not Savannah? So one of the things that interested me when I started looking at the difference between Atlanta and Savannah, you actually have kind of branded it as the creative coast which is beyond technology. So can you talk a little bit about the differences you see maybe from an ecosystem, technology versus creative, and anything around that particular topic? 
Savannah is the most haunted city in the country. It's also, you know, one of the most creative. There is definitely an arts community here, but we also have a lot of starving artists. And so how can I teach artists to sell online through Etsy or other channels to get their art well known, right? How can I leverage these SCAD creatives? One of the areas of focus for me is what I call digital technology, anything digital, film related technology, design agencies are very popular here. E-commerce is kind of where creative meets the port, right? The number four port in the United States is in Savannah, Georgia. So bringing e-commerce products in from other countries and shelving them here while you ship them off all over the place become very important. So I think, you know, the name The Creative Coast actually came from the book The Rise of the Creative Coast by Richard Florida. Ironically enough, I gave that book in uh, 2002 or three to a gentleman by the name of Chris Miller, who was the founder of The Creative Coast. It used to be called Coastal Beta, and we had met, and I had just finished reading that book, and I handed him the book, and I said, you need to read this book, because he was a like-minded person, and he read that book, and about a month later, the Coastal Beta Business Education Technology Alliance was renamed The Creative Coast. Hey listeners, I wanted to pause this episode to bring you a special announcement. We are bringing back the I.O. Summit. Yes, the third annual Inside Outside Innovation Summit is coming October 20th through the 22nd. This year's theme is talent, technology, and the future of innovation. If you are an entrepreneur, innovator, corporate leader, looking to future-proof your organization, showcase your startup, or just mix and mingle with some of the best and the brightest in the world of innovation, don't miss this immersive event, October 20th through 22nd. Check out tickets at theiosummit.com. So now you're here in Savannah. You've been here about 13 months. Let's talk a little bit about how did you come into a new community, kind of build the relationships and understand the environment so that you could actually start helping the community grow in the innovation space. I did not come into the community as a stranger. They somewhat look at me as a hometown girl come home that left for a while, primarily because my family has been in the region for over 30 years. So I had some very strong relationships with some very influential people who could knock on any door and open the door to me. So when I first got here, my first 90 days, all I did was drink a lot of coffee with people, (laughs) meet every possible person I could think of that might be able to assist me, be it somebody from a university that I really wanted to understand what programs were strong and what kind of student talent they were producing to entrepreneurs. I probably met with 90 entrepreneurs over the course of the 90 days. And I started to build, I guess for lack of a better term, an ecosystem map of what resources do we have that are producing talent, what resources like the Creative Coast that we have that are convening that talent for events or in a space and creating content for those folks as far as curriculum and programs. Startups that we have in what industries are nascently growing in the community And then what larger customers do we have that those startups could serve and how can I best serve connecting those customers? And then what is the investor community like? And so I drew this map and what I found is there is no investor community, so it's become one of my priorities. But what I really found that I could almost categorize every single startup into one of three industries that I think had the most chance of success, and that is this digital technology stuff. And that could be B2C, it could be B2B SaaS, it's tourism apps as well as digital agencies and e-commerce. Healthcare technology, surprisingly enough, is we have a lot of very inventive doctors that have been smart enough to bring on a business co-founder to build some sort of product and, and start to scale and grow that. 
So we have a number of companies there. In fact, I have two that are over 20 people in that 20 to 50 person range. So early growth stage companies here in Savannah that are both healthcare technology companies. And the last one that I'm interested in growing, but I actually don't see that much innovation in just yet is around logistics innovation. Again, back to the port. How do we take advantage of what we do well and not try and be all things to all people? So how can I now go after and create meaningful programs for those three industries find more customers in those three industries, make more connections in those three industries. Have you seen a lot of differences between, again, a large metro versus a smaller metro with regard to the entrepreneurs themselves? You know, is there particular differences or trends that you saw in Atlanta that you're not seeing here or difference in profiles of entrepreneurs that you see in different size communities? Of the entrepreneurs that I'm meeting with that are already successful and or I believe on their path to success, I don't see a lot of differences per se, except that in Savannah, most of them don't know each other because they're so busy heads down building their business and their clients are primarily elsewhere. So they're on a plane all the time. So there is not a peer group of them. It's one of my initiatives this fall is to start what I'm calling the founder circle for for these peer group of people that have hit a certain revenue milestone to start building that peer group What I saw in Atlanta was they push each other because somebody has a big success and then you can't go to lunch two weeks from that with that person and not have the same success. So you have a bunch of type A driven people that are pushing each other to keep topping each other. And so the velocity that gets adapted with that just takes off, right? And especially if you're in a co-working space, you know, ATDC had 90 companies in one physical space, 80,000 square feet. And it was just push, 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 push. We just saw it, you know, the velocity that was created by the density in that space. We don't have that here yet. So I'm trying to create events where I bring those people together to create a peer group to help support each other. Also to start a little bit of that, maybe one-upsmanship, so to speak, in velocity. The other thing that it will do for the ones that are not yet at the revenue milestone is it will they'll want to be involved. They'll want to go to this meeting and I'll say no until they hit the revenue milestone. So it'll push them to move faster. I wrote a blog post. It's in the Savannah Morning News. You can find it about Slovanna. So there is a story that, you know, everything's slower in Savannah. I know I personally haven't been moving any slower (laughs) than I did in Atlanta for the last 13 months. (laughs) But, you know, I think that's an old story. And if we're going to be successful as a startup ecosystem, we need to move at the speed of startups. And there's velocity in that. Even if it's a false sense of velocity, we have to create it. You mentioned a little bit of difference between the, the investor class or the investors in Atlanta and that. Talk a little bit about maybe the differences there. Is it, you know, attention to deal flow? Is it the fact that they haven't had as many angel experiences here to start that ball rolling? Or talk a little bit about the, the differences in the investor environment. So there's a lot of high net worth individuals in Savannah and they have had angel networking groups in the past. I haven't seen a lot of traction even in the last 10 years that I've been watching with those angel groups. And I think in part, people like to invest in what they know. And so if you're in commercial real estate or you're a retired doctor or lawyer, you don't really know how to invest in these types of startups that I would put in front of you. I mean, that's why one of my big initiatives this year, and we went for the EDA RISC Regional Innovation Strategies Seed Fund, SFS grant, and I don't know yet, I'll hopefully know within the next couple of weeks, if we get federal funding to start a seed fund here. So I think the idea of an angel fund in the area that I've 
publicized to would-be investors is very appealing because it would give them a means to invest into this asset class while spreading the risk. You know, instead of writing a $25,000 check to one company and potentially seeing it go down the drains, they could write a $25,000 check to the fund and that'll be invested in 30 companies. That seems very appealing to people. I'm yet to push the button to see if it really is. Like I, I did the customer discovery and the answer said I should go pursue this thing. But, you know, until you ask for a check, you never really know what's going to happen. You know, I think in Atlanta, the ecosystem's just more involved, right? They've had an ecosystem and had some success, some real success. You think Tech Square Labs, Atlanta Tech Village, all these spaces are founded and funded by successful entrepreneurs that had a major exit and are given back to the community, right? And so we haven't had that yet here in Savannah. The other thing I talk about a lot when I talk to startup communities and that it's it's beyond the investors, it's beyond the entrepreneurs and that we're seeing a trend obviously towards how do you connect to the corporations? How do you connect to corporates are trying to become more innovative, they're tapping into the startup ecosystems to get some of that mojo. What are you seeing as far as corporate engagement here in Savannah? That was one of the things that we did at ATDC in Atlanta, right? We, In fact, ATDC's building is now home to 18 corporate innovation centers. And I was active in recruiting those companies to move into the space. So uh, like that, I've pursued, especially the corporations that are here already with large presences, to say, you know, how will you get involved with this startup ecosystem? And even broach the idea of a engage-like fund, an engaged venture fund here locally. And so I've talked to Gulfstream. I've talked to the Port of Georgia. I've talked to Great Dane Containers. I've talked to JCB talk to the hospital system because we do have some healthcare startups and overwhelmingly the response has been help us figure out how to do this we don't know how to do this but we know we need to everyone wants to learn how to innovate and everyone wants to learn how to innovate faster so it's a matter i think of putting together programs that will be meaningful for them specifically around the logistics technology space, which is, you know, Great Dane and Gulfstream and and all those. I've broached the idea of an engaged fund. I've broached the idea of an accelerator program where we take companies from all over the world and bring them here to Savannah for a four to eight month period where they work with them. No one said no. I haven't gotten any checks yet either. Uh, I also haven't asked. You know, we're still in the pitch stage, right? So the last thing I want to talk about is you've been around startup ecosystems and innovation ecosystems for a while now. What are the core differences, the trends that you're seeing moving forward, and how do you see the next 10 years playing out? Startup communities said it was a 20-year game, right? Every day you wake up and think about it for 20 years. You know, I do think this corporate tie-in is key. Innovation is key. I still talk to cities all over the state of Georgia from my prior role about how to do something in their city. And to me, it's always figure out what you do well and do more of it and focus on that one industry. I think, you know, we can't be all things to all people. You know, this city and our startup ecosystem can't be all things to all startups. So who can we truly develop, figure that out? And it's a lot of hypothesis, tests, fail, move on, right? Experimentation to see what programs work and what don't. And then what I would like, you know, one of the trends that I've seen with things like the eBuilders Forum and Startup Champions Network, which I haven't been involved in in the last year or two because I've been a little busy, which I hope to get back involved in and go on the trip this fall, is how do we connect as, a, as community le- leaders 
from across the country and across the globe to learn best practices from each other. And especially now that I'm in a smaller city, some of the stuff that I worked in a big city doesn't work here anymore and I have to try new things. So I hope to actually build a small little network across the state of Georgia of all the people that run co-working spaces and things like that across the state of Georgia. I've already been talking to folks in Augusta and Athens about that because um, I think we can learn from each other and support each other. And, you know, I'd like to see Georgia. You know, my old hat was trying to leave Georgia. So how do I make Georgia the most connected ecosystem in the state, in the, in the United States, period? Excellent. Jen, thanks very much for being on Inside Outside Innovation. If people want to find out more about yourself or about the programs that you're running, what's the best way to do that? Probably at the Creative Coast. So thecreativecoast.org and just Jen at the Creative Coast or on Twitter. I'm very active on Twitter, Jen underscore Bonnet, B-O-N-N-E-T-T. That's it for another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. If you want to learn more about our team, our content, our services, check out insideoutside.io or follow us on Twitter at the IO Podcast or at Ardinger. Until next time, go out and innovate.